קסיינה מת אלף, פרספצ'נס ותרוס, אין דבר נושא בעילתו, בעילת זנות. As leaders and as, as Jewish people, we're all in positions of leadership. Not only are we leading the people we have direct contact with, but as Jewish people, we're leading the world in, in, in matters of the soul, in matter, matters of morality. People, society takes their cue or should take their cue from us as Jewish people. And leaders lead not only by what they say, but even more important by what they do. And not only by what they do, but what, by what they're perceived to be doing. Uh, and that's really important in positions of leadership to realize that how people perceive you is what sets the tone. If a leader is trying to set a culture in an organization, what's important is not only what he or she does, what's important is, is how, what they are perceived to be doing, how they're experienced by the organization. Uh, that becomes something to consider. In, in Halakha, we see that many times that we have to balance just... Sometimes we say we do what's right and we don't care what people think, but, but mostly we don't say that. Mostly there's uh, an idea of chashad, not to put yourself in a position of suspicion even though you're not doing anything wrong. Uh, the idea of, of being the kiyim be'enei elokim ve'adam, that both Hashem and, and society should see you as being, uh, being clear. It doesn't, it doesn't help to say, but I didn't do anything wrong, but people think you did. And, that, and that's already a problem when you're in a position of leadership. And as I said, as Jews, we're all in position of, positions of leadership. And we've got ideas of Marit Ayin, which is different from Kashad, where something that looks wrong is wrong. Uh, and, and sometimes the assumptions that people make have serious halachic implications. So for example, uh, in our day, it's a very, very frequent issue, and it's the topic of our, of, of our piece of Gomorrah today. Uh, a, a young man and a young woman uh, move in together and, and live together and they, they're together for a few months and then they break up. Does she need a get if she wants to marry somebody else? What, what, do, what do we assume? Do we assume that the intention was to live together long term as man and wife, whether or not they went through Chuppah and Kiddushin? That was their intention and therefore they, they could well need a, a, a get. She could well need a get. Or do we say, no, they were, just, uh, they were just having a good time together and it was casual, didn't mean anything. How, what we assume about what they're doing determines the halachot that we apply to them. So the societal perception becomes really important. Ayelan, I thought you would never come back from that place. I thought we would have to go and pull you back from there. Nice to see you. Good morning. The, um, so, so we start the 13th parak of, of Yevamot and this deals with this Interesting din of mi'un, there, is this, there are different ways in which one can get married and unmarried. You can get married with chupin kiddushin and then you get unmarried with a get. One can have a zikah created automatically with yibum and one undoes that zikah with chalitza. So that's what we've dealt with so far in, in the Masechta. And then there's a, an isun de Rabbonin, there's a, a, a rabbinic marriage where the Rabbonin allowed the brothers of an orphaned girl to marry her off before she's, uh, before she's 12, um, which was an important thing to do at those times, because otherwise there's a risk that she would be left and unattended to and nobody would want her. So the idea of, of uh, attaching her to a man early on is something that the Chachomim did, just as a father can marry his young daughter off. Um, so they allowed the brothers or the mother to marry her off in the event that the fathers died, and that creates a rabbinic marriage. How would you undo that marriage? So there we have a very interesting concept that the Chachomim built in, which is Miyun. When she becomes a G'dola, when she, be, when she matures, she can simply say, I don't want this. Uh, I, I was very young when the Shidduch was put to me and I agreed to it. 
uh, without really knowing what I was doing. And it's not what I want. I don't, I don't want it. And she walks out. Uh, there's no get, there's no divorce. She's not a divorcee. She can marry a coin. Uh, she has none of the, of, of the facts. It isn't a divorce. It's an undoing of the marriage as if it never happened. That's a, it's a kind of a magical dissolution that the Chachomim created. And this Perik deals with Mion, a very fascinating Perik. Right in the beginning, the Mishnah opens up with a the whole lot of Machlokas, Beit Shammai and Beit Hillel. The first one is, can Mi'un work only if there's been a Kiddushin or even if there's been an Isuin? So if the idea of marrying her off was just to attach her to a man, she should become part of another family and have a future, uh, and they find this amazing young man and they do an Eirusin, they have a Kiddushin. And then the idea is she'll stay at home for another couple of years until she's older, and then there'll be an Isuin, and then there'll be a proper chuppah and a marriage. At that time, she can certainly do a Mi'un when she turns 12, she can say, I don't want it anymore. What happens if there's been any suing already? What happens if there's been proper chuppah, proper marriage, uh, and they've moved in together? Can, can she still just walk out? Beishamah says, no. Beishamah um, ein mema'anin ela arusot. You can only do miyun with an aruso. Uveisilun umrim arusot on asurot. And Beishilun says, no, even if they're married and they've lived together, she can still do, do miyun. The Gemara then gives four reasons for Beishamah's view and, and the reason for, for Beit Hillel disagreeing with them. Um, and the, the, the one that we're looking at is Rabbi Varav Yosef. The Gemara asks Rav, Rav Yehuda, says in the name of my time at the Beit Shammai, why does Beit Shammai say only an Esu'ah and not an Arusa? She has to be only an Arusa and not an Esu'ah. If she's fully married, then Miun cannot work. It says the, uh, so a little bit further on, says Rabbi Varav Yosef, Damri Tavayu, Rabbi and Rav Yosef, both say that the reason is um, that's a very important principle in Seder Nashim. We're into Seder Nashim now, and we're going to have this principle uh, many times. And that is an assumption that people don't engage in casual relationships. Now, today things are different, and that has halachic ramifications. But there was an assumption people don't get involved casually. Uh, people understand that that having a physical relationship with um, between a man and a woman is a serious commitment, um, and uh, the, the women understand that more than the men. And but but we we assume that that if people are together, they know what they're doing. It's 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 serious. Um, that's the assumption that we made. So what does that mean? He explains Rashi. The whole reason for the Rabbanan allowing this marriage is so that they don't treat this girl cheaply. She doesn't have a father, she's poor probably, and she's, she would be neglected and like an orphan. So this way she moves into a new family and they embrace her and they take care of her. That's why the Chachomim introduced this, this rabbinic marriage. Uh, and if you say she can walk out at any time, even after they've properly married, she can walk out. People won't take her on. People won't marry her. Because it's going to look like he was just had a casual relationship. They were together. There's this younger, what are people going to say? This, this old man marries this 12-year-old, this 11-year-old. And six months later, she's out. What, what, what was that all about? What was going on? Nobody, people don't want to get into that situation. So therefore, we don't allow the miyun after the, after the nisuin because it would, put them into, it would put him into that kind of a situation. Um, so what happens if she had a chuppah, but they haven't yet had, they haven't lived together? There was a proper chuppah. 
with Sheva Brochus and everything. And after the chupa, she went home to her family, he went home to his family, and the understanding was when they're older, they'll, they'll, they'll live together. At that point, she wants to do a miyun. So now there's no fear about what are people going to say, they were living together, they weren't living together. They, they clearly weren't, they only had a, a ceremony. Says the Gemara, it, it, It's not good for people to, to, to think that it's a chupa de isura, which is again, it's a bi'ilat sunut, that the chupa is... The chuppah looks like a znut. The chuppah looks like it's, it's casual. What does that mean? And the, um, so then the Gemara says, what happens if they give it to the shlichim of the Baal, where it's done by proxy? There's clearly no question of, of any kind of casual relationship. They're in different countries. What would you say then? So the Gemara says, the Rabbonin made no difference with the shliach, another shliach. The principle is that uvetilo. So the Gemara, so yeah, has got a good point. This could look really incriminating for the couple. What about Beitilo? Kivan de Ike Kedushin Uktuva Lo Atulumeimer de Bielato Bielatzenut. Says Beitilo, they're standing under a chuppe. There's a rov there. There are witnesses there. It's uh, in the yard of the shul. Uh, nobody's going to say this is a casual. They're, they're just moving in together. What? That, that doesn't make sense. It's set up as clearly as a marriage of kedusha, and that's that, and that's what it is. So that's the that's the piece of Gomorrah. Um Tosfat is, is is really interesting. Tosfat says, um, trying to understand this principle of Ain Adam and situation where a man and a woman get divorced and then they go away on vacation together. These things happen. Um and they they're on vacation together. Now we're worried. Has he kind of got together again? What's what what's actually happening? Is has he remarried her? So there we say, She doesn't need a get, explains Ri, because the Gemara says, Because people do have casual relationships. So he's not married, he's got her off his shoulders, he doesn't owe her anything, but they still like each other, so they, they don't have any other relationships, so they go off on a trip together. It doesn't, it's not marriage, this is casual. So what, what's going on? Do we assume people have casual relationships, or don't they? Answers the answers Tosfos. It depends. It depends on the circumstance. That's talking about the shani hatem dikivan digisha and itachedima. He just divorced her, and now together, what do you think? He's marrying her again? That doesn't make any sense. So the natural assumption is that it's not serious. They're just spending some time together. But in but in another case, like our case, yeah, sheyami talech derech nisuin, where it goes through a marriage ceremony. Or Baalma, or in the case where we have no evidence at all, we don't assume that people are having casual relationships. We don't, we don't make that assumption. Let's go a little, a little further in this. We have the, uh, the Avne Nezer. The Avne Nezer is, is, is very important. It's another example of something that I've, I've often said to you is that, you know, when people say that the Vilna Gon, the school of the Vilna Gon, we don't like Hasidim and we reject it, it's not, not at all true. There are a lot of, of great Hasidish Rabbeim whose work are part of the, of the canon of literature Torah. We take, it, we take their work very, very seriously. And the Avnei Nezer was the founder of the Sochet Shove Hasidish movement, the father of the Shem Ishmuel, is one such person. So he really comes from a very serious Hasidish lineage. Um, so if you look at the Hasidish lineage, the core of it, uh, from the Baal Shem Tov, then there was the Maggid of Mizrich. We're going back to the 18th century. And from the Maggid of Mizrich, there was, um, there was Rebeli Melech, and then there was the Chosea of Lublin. These were the great Kabbalist 
Hasidic Kabbalists, the early times of Hasidut, we're now at the early 19th century. And from the Jose Milublim, there was Der Yid, the Heilige Yid, he was called, uh, who was the Talmud of the Jose from Lublim. And from him comes Rebsim Chabunim Peshischa in the, in the beginning of the 19th century, the middle of the 19th century, a very important figure. Uh, and from him comes the Kotzke Rebbe, and, and the Geira Rebbe, the Chidusha Harim, Geira Chassidus is founded from there, and the Sochachovit Chassidus is founded through the Kotzke Rebbe. The Kotzke Rebbe is the Avnanez's father-in-law and Rebbe. So that, that whole school of Chassidus uh, is the core of Chassidus, and, and their work, the Chidusha Harim and the, um, the Avnanezer, these are, are people, the Sfas Emes, uh, these are people whose work is, is incorporated right into the core of learning, and I've explained to you the reason why is because they don't blend Hasidus with Lomdus. They're, they're learning when the Avnei Nezer, you'll see no Hasidus in, the, in his Chuvus. It's all clear Lomdus. It's all uh, reasoned out absolutely in terms of the principles of, of Lomdus. And the same with the Chidush Rim, and the same as with the, um, uh, the Shem Ishmuel. We'll, we'll see the Shem Ishmuel is on Chumash, so he's got a lot of Hasidus over there. But, but we've incorporated, they, provided they keep them separately, as we did. The Vilna Gaon was a big Kabbalist. But you don't find his Kabbalah in his Gemara. And you don't find that this Kabbalah is a different way of, of thinking, and, and Gemara is a different way of thinking. And that's very important. And today it's a, very, a source of a enormous confusion. Mixing Kabbalah things and the Gemara and explaining the Gemara with a piece of Kabbalah, it's, it's, it's messy and, it's, and it leads us to wrong conclusions. There's a way to think in Kabbalah. There's a way to think in Medrash, as we're learning on Shabbos morning in the Medrash Shirim. How to think in Medrash. How to think in Halacha. It's different ways of thinking. And one has to be able to think in each discipline accordingly. Then you can blend conclusions. But, but, and there's obviously integration in that process, but not in the method of thinking. So the, the Avnei Nezer, going back to the Avnei Nezer, uh, uh, says in, in Evan Oezer, in Kuf Kaf Aleph, among other things, he says from the wording here, you can see, what is Beis Hillel concerned about? Lo ati he's not, that, he's, we're not worried, according to Beit Hillel, that people will, will say, um, Beit Hillel says people won't come to make the assumption that, that this was a Be'ilatnut, that it was a casual encounter. Mashma implying So what is the Machlokes explains the Avnei Nezer? Whether people will think or what people will not think. The Machlokes is not whether it was Znut or it wasn't Znut. We're not worried about it being casual. We're worried about people thinking it was casual. So it's a brilliant deduction of the Avnei Nezer in the words of the, uh, of, of the Gemara to say, and this will make a big difference as to whether she's muteret le Kohen or not. Is she allowed to marry a Kohen? If it's Znut, then she can't marry a Kohen. We say, this is prostitution. This is casual relationships. She can't marry a Kohen. If we say, no, it's not a casual, but just people might see it that way, then she can marry a Kohen. Says the Avnei it's about what people will see and think and not what, what really happened. And if you look at the Machlokas Rambam in the Raivad, I believe that that's the Machlokas Rambam in Raivad. The Rambam brings this din and says, and, and he says that, that this principle only applies in the framework of marriage. Like we're talking here about Miun, and we're talking about a man who gets back together with his wife. In a framework of marriage, this applies. But out in the world where there's not a framework of marriage, 
אבל בשאר האנשים, הרי כל זונה בחזקת שבעל לשם זנות. There would be no, no women who have the din of a zונה. And, and yet there are, of course, there are women who have the din of a zona. But nobody, nobody has casual relationships. Of course, people have casual relationships, even in his time. We're just talking in the framework of marriage and family. We can assume that people are serious. But if they're operating outside of that framework, then clearly they're not. The, um, the Rivet says, the principle of Ein Adam Oseh Bilato Bilatzut is de lo shavi ketere va'achil asura. If there's kosher and treif in front of you, nobody eats the treif. If you can't find kosher, there are people who eat treif, or, or they're, they're, they're in a place, whatever. But, but if, this, if, if you're offered kosher and treif, you don't eat treif. Again, that's, these, these chazokas don't apply in, in all times today. There are lots of people today who would choose the treif. Uh, sometimes I see on the social media people asking, where can I find a treif restaurant in Rhinana? So you, you find people who dafka one, one treif, and in the same way we find people who clearly are having casual relationships with no intention of... Of marriage. So these chazokas today, the poskim deal with this. This is a big issue today. Rabbi Moshe Feinstein deals with it a lot in the early ages, in the early days of permissiveness in the United States. Do these girls need gitin or don't they need gitin? It's all around this issue. Uh, but the, the, the Ravid says, what we're, what, this is not about perceptions. This is, the, the, a person won't leave heter and take isu. We can assume that. That if there's a way they could get married, they would be married. And if they're not married, their intention was to live as man and, 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 and wife. And the Rambam says, no, what we're worried about here is um, uh, about, about perceptions. Sorry, the other way around. The Rambam says, what we're concerned about is really, is this Bilat Znuto, isn't it? And the Ravid says, we're worried about perceptions. This is how it appears and doesn't appear. And, and the Chidushi and, and the Avnei Nezer proves from our Gemara that we're talking about perceptions. But we see here how important that is to be able to draw that line and to understand that there are things that we do uh, that might be absolutely okay. Uh, but as I said earlier, there's the question of being seen to be clean in everybody's eyes. There's the perception of Kashad. There's the issue of Marisayan. And here we've got something else, which is Chazoka. People are entitled to make assumptions. And those are not even entitled. People will make assumptions. And those assumptions often have halachic ramifications. Those, those assumptions often have halachic consequences, and we need to be aware of that, and not just in halacha, but in all of our activities, and as I said, in leadership, one needs to be particularly concerned about the fact that people will make assumptions, and on the basis of that assumption, you actually build up the culture of an organization, or a family, or a community. Um, it's not just on the basis of what people do, it's on the basis of what they are perceived to be doing, and what people assume they're doing, and how much more careful a leader has to be to make sure that not only is he living, a life that is straight, but that is perceived to be living a life that is straight. <laughs>